The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 83. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Timothy. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We left off with the study of 1 Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, so we'll continue on in chapter 5 of this letter, which again, as we said in chapter 1, is a pastoral letter. It's writing to Timothy about leading a congregation, leading the church in Ephesus, where Paul has left Timothy behind as he has moved on to other places. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family, and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions too, so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In this first section here, Paul is dealing with how Timothy, as a young man, but a leader in the church, should interact with the other members of the church. He will be in the situations where he may need to rebuke someone who is an older than him, someone who would be old enough to be his father, or maybe even old enough to be his grandfather. And so he's told not to be harsh. In the previous chapter, he was told not to let anyone look down on him because of his youthfulness, but to live as an example. But on the other hand, as you're dealing with people who are older than you, watch how you act towards them. Treat them with respect. Don't be so harsh. Treat them as if you were your father. And remember that the Bible says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long and healthy life. So when he says, as if you were your father, he's saying with honor. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Again, Timothy's a young man and he's a position of leadership. And Paul says, watch how you treat the younger women. Because there's two different issues here. One is, will it cause Timothy to stumble? And two is, people are watching. I think of Billy Graham, who had rules that he set out at the beginning of his ministry to try and stay out of the scandals that he had seen other leaders, other evangelists get into. And one of them was that he would just never be alone with a woman. None of the people on his staff would be in a situation that would either cause them to be tempted or that would cause there to be room for speculation or gossip. And I think that's part of what Paul is saying, although not as many words, about treating the younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And then he goes into detail here about how to treat widows. And again, the one thing we need to understand here is that a widow usually in this society would be someone who, having lost her husband upon whom she would rely economically, either needed to rely on children or family, or would have no one to take care of her, and that there was a need in that society because of the way it was laid out for her to have someone to take care of her, that that would be a, a role for a man. There are rules within the Jewish religion about if a man's wife dies that his brother should take her in and all sorts of things set about 
to care for the widow and the orphan, those who are powerless and unable to care for themselves. And this is a continuation of that theme that God cares about those who are powerless, and particularly in this case, the widow. And so he's saying, put your religion into practice, especially if you have someone who is a widow who has children or grandchildren, that they need to care for her that they need to take care of her. That shouldn't be a role that the church does because she has family who are capable of doing that. And then obviously he's talking about widows and how they would behave if they're somebody who is really in need and have their hope in God, then that's someone exactly who the church should be caring for. But if they live with pleasure, she's dead even while she lives. So he's saying that the widow also needs to live up to this idea of what our faith is all about. And he says, give the people these instructions too, so that no one may be open to blame. Make sure that they understand what is right, what is good, what is acceptable. What is the expectation of God? What pleases God so that they can do that? Don't be the one who fails to tell them and later on they are subject to blame because of that. And we usually talk about Paul as someone who talks about salvation through grace and that we can't earn things. In contrast, for instance, to someone like James. But you'll notice here in Paul, we have these harsh words, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So Paul is not into cheap grace, despite the fact that some people have tried to say that he is. And he goes on to say, No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for the younger widows, do not put them on such a list, for when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus they bring judgment on themselves, because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things they ought not to. So I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should help them out and not let the church be burdened with them so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. Again, another three sections here, three paragraphs about widows. The first one being, Paul has this idea of a list, that basically this is the people who the church is caring for. If you want to see more information about this, look at when Stephen and Philip and the original deacons are named by the church to care for the distribution of the food to those who need it, and especially to the widows. That's who we'd be talking about here. And that verse comes from the first part of Acts. He's saying that there is a set of people that the church needs to care for, and there are these widows who have lived a good life of faith and now need help. But he has some expectation from them, the character that he is looking for in these people, bringing up the children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. If you're in the church, you probably know somebody he's describing here. Not necessarily somebody who needs the church's support at this point, but I know a number of ladies who are in this category here who are examples for us all, not just for the young women, but also for those of us who look at the lives that they are leading. And Paul is saying we need to be mindful of them and what they need and to care for them as they have given so much already. 
the paragraph about younger women is clearly more controversial and in part because the society is very different than versus now. But basically what he's saying is we don't need to care for those who have other roles to play. And he's basically saying for the younger women, their their role is not done yet. They haven't finished. Now, in that society, the role would be that of wife and mother. And so he's saying you should be doing that role. I think in our society there are other options. But I think the basic theme there is there is not an intention that the church care for those who are idle, that idleness is in fact something that is not conducive to a walk of faith in the sense that it is not as productive, it is not as beneficial to the church, and can itself lead to this kind of busybody that he describes. And again, reiterating that women in particular should care for other relatives who are widowed. And then he goes on, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that others may take warning. I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and to do nothing out of favoritism. He's instructing Timothy how to deal with the elders, and he's saying, first of all, that the elders deserve some support from the church. Now, Paul himself worked as a tent maker. That is, he literally worked making tents to support himself so that it would be clear that he wasn't working for personal gain, that he was bringing the gospel. But he understood that those who stay behind, who were constantly spending time teaching and preaching, may need some help, may need some support. And obviously our full-time ministers or pastors are coming out of these verses here where an understanding that as they're dedicating themselves to preaching and teaching, that they are deserving of wages. They are deserving of being supported. Not to say that, obviously, all need to, because Paul himself did not, but that that is a worthy calling. And he encourages Timothy, then, if somebody is accused of something, make sure that they really did it. And if they do really need to be corrected, he wants it to be done publicly so that others take warning. He wants people to know that we are holding our leaders accountable and to standards. And part of that is what's the reputation of the church. We've all seen what happens when there is a scandal that the Catholic priests in Boston or the minister in Denver, this, because of the authority, because of the publicness of that role, there is more danger and harm that can come from someone who stumbles in that role. And so he wants to make sure that we are keeping them accountable. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, and do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, I think is saying then, as you're choosing people who are going to be ministers, to be careful. Because you are investing in them authority, responsibility, but also you are opening yourself up to how will they lead and what example will they set. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. This is just basic medicinal advice that Paul is giving to Timothy. 
The sins of some men are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are cannot be hidden. He's not particularly in this passage saying that all of us have sin, although he says that elsewhere. But he's saying some of it, it's obvious. So some people we know that they have done wrong, and others, it catches up to them. We'll find out later on. And that good deeds are also obvious. Good deeds will also, I think, become known, even if they're hidden now. I think basically what he's saying here is whatever is done will eventually be known. It will eventually come to light, good or bad. With that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, either post a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.